any missionary you talk to, uh, the reason they're overseas right now is because they went on their first short-term mission trip at some point. You might have 20 people going to your church right now, but if you can get one or two of those to go with us to Tajikistan or Vietnam or wherever it might be, and God can rock their world um, by getting on a trip like that, they can come back and influence the rest of the church in uh, ways they can't ever imagine. Um, we've seen um, just so many lives changed um, just from simply going on a week-long mission trip. Welcome to the Send Columbus podcast, a podcast designed to share strategies and stories about planting churches in the city. Your hosts are Church Planting Catalyst, Chad Grigsby, and Sin City Missionary, Dean Foltz. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. It's good to be with you today. I'm Chad Grigsby here with Dean Folks and our special guest uh, from the state that I spent the last 10 years or so in, uh, Arkansas. We have Scott Ward with us from Grand Avenue Baptist Church down there in Fort Smith. Woo pig suey. Isn't that what they say in Arkansas? Some do. Yes. Some? Some do. Mm, not all, huh? Not well, not everybody. I think most everybody. Most everybody? Yeah, definitely. Well, fair enough. First of all, um, we're super grateful for Winco Enterprises, mm -hmm. right, in Ohio, for sponsoring the podcast today. Um, and what I think our listeners would want to know about Scott and Grand Avenue is that their church was a lead partner for planting in Columbus huh. um, before we had anybody who wanted to take that role on. We met them in Boston um, at a meeting, and they jumped in um, to say, hey, we want to be, we want to plant a flag in Columbus, and then have brought other partners to bear to the city, and we are super grateful for them. So first of all, Scott, we should just big thank you from Columbus. Mm -hmm. uh, they do Columbus Day every fall at their church and uh, have supported a number of planters. And one of the things, Scott, that I certainly admire about you is that because you know, the current religious culture is that we have this tendency right now, I think, to be pretty sensitive in ministry-related positions. And if we don't get things exactly the way that we want them, we have this tendency to kind of jump and move and go to a different position or a different place. And one of the things I really admire about you is that you grew up at Grand, you came on staff at Grand Avenue, and you've been there for a long time, and you've really developed a long-term vision for mission strategy church planting uh, there at Grand. And so I'm super admirable quality, man, about your ministry um, that you've been willing to be there for a longer tenure and fight battles over time. Um, and now you're kind of getting to see the fruit of being in one place for a while and watching people's lives grow in grace. Um, so um, would you just talk a little bit about that, about the benefits of being somewhere for a tenured amount of time, long enough to see significant discipleship transformation and change. Yeah, so this is actually my second uh, time on staff at Grand. We, we had a little hiatus in the middle of my tenure where we went with the International Mission Board to Tanzania for a few years. But, um, but yeah, what, you know, having grown up at Grand, um, one of the things that uh, I've taken full advantage of, and that is... Um, a lot of my Sunday school teachers are still around from when I was little and in junior high and high school and even college. 
And so now when, when I go, you know, you guys need to go with me on a mission trip or do something like that. Uh, it's easy to say, look, you guys, you're the one who taught me all this. <laughs> <laughs> so now you got to go with me. And uh, so it's, it's given me the chance to, uh, I think, speak into people's lives in that way. But um, also, you know, one of the things I know I've learned through this process is that discipleship is not a, um, a quick uh, thing. Um, Jesus took three years with his disciples, and I'm definitely not Jesus. It takes me a lot longer <laughs> than that. Uh, but it's been so cool to see. Um, I've been mission pastor here now for just over 10 years. Hmm. And um, it's so cool to see some of that fruit now of people that we're discipling. We've brought up uh, from the very beginning to now they're um, heading overseas um, as missionaries or they're going to plant a church or uh, going into full-time ministry. So it's definitely, I mean, that's, that's what I'm called to do as mission pastor, man. That's my heart. That's my passion is to mobilize people for the gospel and for the great commission and to finally really get to start seeing that. Um, it's a, it's a good feeling. So what was your role before you left for Tanzania? Yeah. So I was brought on staff for a number of things. One, I was the college pastor and the young singles pastor. And then that I was asked to start a new service to kind of reach that generation at that time. So we, we started a new service um, on Sunday mornings at the same time as our regular worship service and ran that for uh, a few years. That's awesome. So how, how many years total at Grand then on staff? So on staff, I guess about 13 years now total. Awesome. And what, um, just talk, just, Real quick about when you went to Tanzania, and you know, I know I've heard your story before. You were there for a couple of years with the IMB, um, and then came home. What were one maybe the what was the one lesson that you walked away with from Tanzania? The thing that God taught you there, man. More than anything, um, we 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 had to resign for medical reasons. Our our youngest son was born prematurely. Um, because of some complications with that, we, we came back. And uh, honestly, I was, I was ticked at God. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, I cannot, you know, we, we sold everything. Um, we packed up every earthly belonging we had in uh, bags and moved to stinking Africa. And, <laughs> and then within three years, we're back in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And it just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, we we told God we're willing for the rest of our lives to to spend our lives in um, on the front lines to reach unreached people groups, and and then within just a few years we were back and and I remember um, I, I guess the one thing I, I took away from that and and now that I've I've gotten past that is that man for me the Great Commission is um, is just something that has just come to life for me in, in a way that um, not only is it something that, you know, preachers preach on, but it's literally something we ought to be doing. And so for me, the Great Commission was something that I, 
I laid back on and just said, okay, God, I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer. I, I have no doubt about that. I'm, I'm following after you. And so I'm just to the best of my ability, I'm going to follow the great commission. And, um, and, and I think that's to me that that's just what I learned through all that is man, God is sovereign and he's in control and he's got a plan and it's not about my plans. Um, all I'm called to do is follow uh, what he has commanded of me. He's, he's a king. Like when we say Jesus is Lord, I don't think many people mean that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a hard time with that as well. But man, I just want to be submissive to that. And uh, so when he says to go, I just, I want to go. Yeah, Scott, thanks for sharing that. I, I can't imagine the, you know, the, the, the dreaming and the calling and the God bringing you to, to Tanzania and you feeling like, okay, we're finally doing what he wants us to do. And then having to come back and, and, and the frustration around that. Can you talk a little bit more about how just you processed that if you would be willing to share that disappointment and struggle and, and how, cause I, I feel like we've all had those points in our life where we feel like, okay, we're going to do this. This is what God's called us to. But for some reason there's been a, you know, recalculating if you will, and how to process that and how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think, I think for me, it was just finally trusting in, in God that he knows what he's doing with my life and, uh, not settling into that, but just understanding that and um, growing and doing what uh, I can um, uh, wherever he has me. Um, and I think out of that came really my, my vision statement for my life. And, and that is um, I want to be in, in this short life that I have left to live this, this vapor, this, this wildflower that grows up and burn is burned by the sun and this short life that I have left, I want to be the most effective for God's kingdom that I possibly can be, uh, whatever that may mean. If it means me being on the front lines, I want to do that. Uh, if God has me back here on the home base, sending other people onto the front lines, then I want to be the best at that, that I can possibly be to make, to make a mark. I mean, for me, Christ died for me. And I, I just can't get over that fact. I can't get over um, the fact of his grace and his mercy that he would even allow me. I've, I've been to places in the world where they've never heard the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are in uh, this great country with um, these great churches, the freedom to worship. And uh, we're given this such a great blessing. And yet, so many times we just hoard it for ourselves and um, man, I just, I want to do more with my life than, than that. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, Scott. Um, so you guys, as Dean said, uh, Grand Avenue has been a lead partner in Columbus uh, for a number of years now. Um, talk about how you guys, I mean, why Columbus? You know, we, I think we've talked about it before. Uh, we might be the least sexy sin city in the, the whole. <laughs> that should be our new slogan. 
<laughs> the least sexy sin city. I think they're going to rename it so we could rename Columbus. That's right. Um, so talk about why Columbus, how you guys got connected, and then what it's been like for you guys to partner for the city. But then also, I think, recently developing some personal partnerships and just your experience. Yeah, so we um, we just kind of, I heard about this uh, SEND initiative from a friend of mine. He was our former pastor, had left and went back up to Cross Church up in Fayetteville, where at that time, Ronnie Floyd was pastor. And Ronnie, at that time, was kind of helping um, mobilize uh, churches to become lead partners. And he just, he reached out to me and asked if uh, we could come up to Boston and hear the, um, you know, hear the pitch and uh, kind of see what's going on. I'd never, honestly, I hadn't even heard about it at that point in time. And and um, so we made plans to go up there. Well, in the middle of making plans to go up there, our church hired a new pastor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, this is kind of a big decision that uh, I'm probably going to go face, and yet our pastor isn't even on the ground yet. So uh, we ended up, I called our our new pastor at that time, and he said, man, no, I want you guys to go um, hear what this is all about. And we spent a lot of time on the phone back and forth while I was in Boston. And, um, you know, we we heard um, there were just a, a, a handful of cities at that point in time that didn't have lead partners. And uh, I just remember hearing Dean uh, share about Columbus um, and what really appealed to me. And I know my, my pastor, Brad would say the same thing now. Uh, he, what appealed to him as well was just the brotherhood that um, uh, happens with church planters and, and the, the feeling of teamwork uh, on the ground in Columbus. And we just, we just kind of felt like we wanted to be a part of that and uh, plug in where we could and try to be a help. And we're a, we're not a large church. We're more like a medium sized church. And um, we were thinking, you know, what can we do? Uh, but we've, we've tried to do our best, tried to stick in for the long haul um, and love on the city the best we can. Um, you know, we, we initially, um, you know, went in with, um, high hopes of planting a church and um you know those things don't always work out in this case it it uh, didn't work out um but what it did is it just continued to grow our love for the city of columbus we saw such a huge need there we got to know other planters and since then we've been able to uh, just form some relationships with some great guys that are leading some uh, incredible new church plants in the city. And for us, man, it's just fun being a part of. Like Dean said earlier, we do Columbus Day every year. I just wrote it on my calendar. It's uh, October 11th this year. It's Columbus Day. And um, we talk about Columbus. I wear my, as as much as it burns, I wear my Ohio State uh, shirt. (laughs) This, This Razorback fan has a hard time doing that sometimes, but I wear my, Ohio State shirt and um, and man we 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 unashamedly raise money for church planning in Columbus on that day and we talk about church planning in Columbus and um, it's a big day for us we've been doing that now for uh, quite a few years so uh, it's been a lot of fun we 
we couldn't be more grateful, Scott, that you guys, um, I think about what Paul said to the Philippians when he said, I'm grateful, right, for your partnership. I thank my God on every remembrance of you. Why? Because you've been partners with us in the gospel from the first day until now. And so you guys have made an incredible investment and are making an incredible difference. And we continue to look forward to the blessings and benefits of your partnership and your influence. And I'll just say personally, you know, I've learned so much just thinking through our church has benefited from the talking with you about mission strategy. I know Christy Lowe, our missions director here, has benefited from just hearing you share about not only your experience in Tanzania, but around the world and places that you're going and things that you're doing. So you've been a blessing to our city in a number uh, of ways. So, man, we're, we're incredibly grateful. Uh, we love you guys. And, you know, we're, we just had a, uh, what was it? A, uh, we, we've been calling them mission clips there uh, instead of mission trips since we can't go on mission trips <laughs> right now right. Uh, we, we started doing these virtual mission trips and our very first one was with uh aaron taylor over at mm-hmm. living hope church and um you know we had a handful of people online for it uh, none of our folks knew what it was but we had we had about 10 or 12 people that jumped online to hear aaron's story and what they're doing him and joe got on and Man, it was so much fun just to connect with those guys and see what they're doing. And um, again, you know, they have to hear it from me as well. I've got to continue to push uh, world missions as well. Um, and uh, what's been cool is to see, I know like uh, the guys over at um, Church in the Wild, they went with us on a mission trip last summer to Wyoming, um, which by the way, I've got some video footage i need to send you of uh of some dancing that went on <laughs> we would love to see yeah. dancing video footage yes, yeah I've, I've been threatened but i think it's about time to absolutely that video what's, what's yeah. the baptist statute of limitations on dancing no, i don't know but don't be don't listen don't be threatened don't you feel you know bible says do not fear scott don't you live in fear of that you need to you need to share those things yeah, yeah, Jason and his wife uh, do a good uh, prairie chicken dance. I'll just say that. Hey. <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll look forward to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scott, I was just going to ask, um, this is something I always think about, um, you know, having having planted, you know, Dean could speak to this. Uh, how would you, what would you tell a church planter who's, getting started in the first couple of two, three years, what would you, what advice would you give them for creating a mission strategy as a church plant? Cause I think, I don't know, I think in the day to day and the busyness and all you're doing in church planting, it's sometimes hard to have, especially a, an eye towards the international mission field. What would you tell a church planter who's getting started? Who's wondering, all right, how do we do missions from day one? You got any advice on that? Yeah, so nobody's taken me up on this yet, but I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, every church planner, the first thing they're looking for is that the, the coolest worship pastor ever. That's, <laughs> the, that's the number one thing. And nobody's taken me up on it, but I think the very first hire ought to be the mission pastor. <laughs> but right. may, maybe one day somebody will do that. But no, I think, um, you know, um, a lot of church planters are, 
this this may sound bad, but but they're kind of they've got this rebellious streak in them, you know, in a good way. Um, I mean, they 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 go against the flow. They one a lot of the reasons they're planting a church is because, man, they're they're kind of disgruntled with church as it is, maybe, or they man they see a need and and man they know they can they can get in there and get after it and do it where maybe someone else can't. And um, at the same time, that can work to disadvantage as well, where um, I see some planters that that kind of continue want to do their own thing. And one of the advice that I would give uh, to new church planters is, man, partner, uh, get in with churches that are already doing missions well and jump on board with them. Um, I, I tell all of our church planters, man, you know, we, we go to some uh, the, we go to the four corners of the world, man, as a church. And we can do that because we're a larger church that is able to do trips and administrate those well. And we do good training, whereas a smaller new church plant just doesn't have those capabilities. But man, I'm telling you, you might have 20 people going to your church right now, but if you can get one or two of those to go with us to Tajikistan or Vietnam or wherever it might be, and God can rock their world um, by getting on a trip like that. They can come back and influence the rest of the church in uh, ways they can't ever imagine. Um, we've seen um, just so many lives changed um, just from simply going on a week-long mission trip. I mean, any missionary you talk to, uh, the reason they're overseas right now is because they went on their first short-term mission trip at some point. And for some reason, God continues to still use that. So I would, I would say, man, get on a, get your people on a trip, even if it's partnering with, with another person. And then my second thing is I, I really, I tell folks, man, and, and this comes to what Dean and I were talking about earlier is um, think long-term uh, quit, quit talking about three to five year partnerships. Uh, the, the places that, are unreached the cities that still need churches still need churches and still need Jesus because they're just hard places and it's going to take longer than three to five years to plant a church in these places and to see an unreached people group come to Christ so what we always say as a church is man we're in it for life um, there's I don't know why people are scared of that um, we just say, look, we'll, we, we continue to evaluate our partnerships as we go, certainly. Um, but we just want to say, man, as long as it takes, we want to we wanna put in the work and do whatever it takes. Um, uh, even when it gets tougher, when things go bad, we just want to stick it out. So those are, those are two big things that I always tell our new church planners. Really good. Yeah, I think especially for the planter who always wants to share something new, right? So we want to have a partnership, but then we want to share, we get another partnership and it's new and it's different. And planters are drawn to that man to hear you say, think long-term, not short-term and share new aspects of the vision in the same place. Oh, that's, that's great wisdom. Yeah, that's really good. And appreciate you, um, you know, opening up uh, your, your guys' trip to some planters in the city who've taken that up, uh, that offer up like Church in the Wild did to go to Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Appreciate your just continued investment here and uh, practicing what you preach. And uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, we, we definitely want to 
continue to do that and allow, we allow anybody that wants to, to go on these trips with us. And, um, you know, and trips aren't everything. They're part of what we do, but another big part of what we do is our partnership. You know, we're, we're Southern Baptists and network. And I see a lot of guys, um, have this tendency to even go away from, um, you know, places like the IMB. I mean, we've got, we've got, I mean, your money, when you give to the cooperative program, you're giving to the international mission board. And so, so for me, my philosophy is we might as well work with the missionaries that we're supporting already. Mm. And there's a thousand different mission sending agencies out there. Um, but there, most people just don't understand that there is none like uh, the North American mission board and the international mission board. There's just nothing like those two. And man, if we, uh, just jump on board there. I think uh, it's easy selling. We we know what we're going to get when we go internationally. We, we know what we're going to get when we work with church planners um, nationally. And it, it just makes it so much easier. Um, and, and so I always encourage our church planners, man, um, stick with IMB and NAM. And if God brings along somebody in your church or another partnership, then consider that as an exception. I think that's that's great. I'm not closed off to it. We've got other partnerships, but primarily we're with IMB and man. You know, I, <clears throat> Chad would probably like to go on a trip with you. Do you have, do you have anything to the Bahamas coming up? <laughs> Chad talks about, I am feeling a call to beach ministry. You know, I saw a meme that said something about um, this year. I won't be going to Fiji because of COVID. Uh, typically I've gone there cause I don't have any money, but uh, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Oh. Well, Scott, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us today, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks again for your friendship and partnership with us. And, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to, to seeing you in Columbus sometime soon. Yeah, man. Thanks once again for all you guys have done and are doing. It's good catching up today. Thanks for checking out the Send Columbus podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time for another episode.